Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. Great people are hard to come by. Great loyal people. So you find the ones that are good and great and raise them up. That's the best way you can lead someone is by serving them. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Joseph Ogin. And I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by AOL, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic. I love listening to We Are LA Tech because Esprit and her team really make it easy for us to understand the LA Tech community and really break down how companies and users can utilize this new emerging technologies to build businesses and connect with their communities. You can follow me online at josephhogin.com. That's Joseph Hogin, H-O-L-G-U-I-N.com. Today's personal spot is, should you have a podcast? Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Stick around. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. Podcasting has been blowing up like crazy. It's like the new blog and everybody wants to have a podcast, but should you have a podcast? Not necessarily. Podcasting is a lot of work. I know it doesn't seem like a lot of work, but it is a lot of work. And it doesn't have the same kind of numbers that, let's say, a YouTube channel has where I wouldn't say it's easy for a YouTuber to get to a million subscribers, but it's definitely more doable than podcasts because that many more people are watching YouTube than are listening to podcasts. People are still discovering what podcasts are. Yes, it's getting more and more popular every year, but it's nowhere near the numbers for YouTube. Now, 
if that's the case, should you just have a YouTube podcast rather than an audio podcast? Not necessarily. I don't want to have a YouTube podcast because my craft is is audio. Like that's what I enjoy producing. And so what you want to ask yourself to understand if you want to have a podcast are why do you want to create this podcast? What do you want out of it? Is podcasting the best medium to get those results? And how can you utilize the content in multiple ways so that you leverage the time invested into producing your podcast? And so if you're producing your podcast, I'm assuming for your company, what are the different ways that you could utilize the podcast? Can you turn your podcast into an internal company newsletter? Can you turn your podcast into something that would benefit your customers? What are the different ways that you could utilize your podcast so that it really pushes your company forward? One of my friends uses the podcast so that people he has sales calls with can get more of a sense of rapport and credibility of what it would be like working with his company and it helps him close the deals. So what are all the different ways that you could utilize a podcast so that it is really in alignment with your business goals rather than just creating a podcast for the sake of creating a podcast because everybody else is doing it. Anyway, I hope that helps a little bit and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Tech Podcast, celebrating LA Tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest coming at us from Fullerton. Hello. What's up? Hey, Hi. How, you doing? Hi. <laughs> how are you? So go ahead, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. We are a couple of co-founders, a couple of childhood friends. I'm Charlie. I'm Nathan. And uh, we're the co-founders of Sightbox. We're an agency, creative agency uh, based here in Southern California that works specifically with startups. And our mission in life is to make startups look like a billion bucks, especially the ones out here in LA, <laughs> right. right? We connected through Tech Day LA. So what appealed to you about Tech Day LA? Why is that a dynamic resource in the city? Well, we've been going to Tech Day LA for at least three years, mm-hmm. I think, prior to this one. And, and the idea that we actually got introduced to it first off was through uh, an accelerator. So we were actually demoing. We had just finished our demo day mm-hmm. the day before. And so we were there presenting with the accelerator. So we were one of the uh, sort of the examples of a startup, I guess. Uh, and so we were there presenting and just sitting up at the table. And then, you know, half the time we would sort of take turns, you know, presenting and then walk around and stuff like that. So that was our first time getting into it, really. And after that, yeah, we just kept going back. And, and this was the sort of the first time we were sort of like, it's it's time for us to sort of see if we can, you know, go further with it. We wanted to get a booth and stuff like that. As a, as a, as a, an event, it's fantastic. We love going there. In fact, when we went a couple of times, it's, it's been fun because you run into the same kind of people. It's like uh, we actually ran into some old friends uh, last time we were there. So it's a, it's a good scene. Did you guys go together or did? Oh, yeah. Did you go separately? Okay. Yeah, we were pretty much doing it together. So, just, yeah, just like Nathan said, like why why the startup scene, why LA, all that stuff, right? So, we launched the startup in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, around 2016, and then got into the accelerator shortly after that, which was in Santa Monica. Yeah, the so we accelerator. Were, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were in pretty 
deep at that point. Um, and at the time, our agency was really mostly was the pre-accelerator on... Stubs. Yes. 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 Ah, good. Yeah. In one. fact, we were probably Heidi. shout out to <laughs> Heidi. Yeah. yeah, Heidi's the best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were like one of the first ones, you know. It was early. It was pretty early. This um, is they were still in. Well, I say early, but yeah, they had they are in a an, a different space even at the time. Yeah, than they are now. And so yeah, we got into that accelerator and it was great. Um, we we probably spent. Well, I was there at least a few times a week. Um, and at this at the time, Charlie was still living up in Northern California. So, yeah, I was flying in. Yeah, so you were coming down for events and stuff. Yeah. So. And what amazed me, I think, was just how many startups, how many founders were out here um, and how, I don't know, it felt a little untapped. And I think part of what we experienced and what we saw others experience too was the the lack of sort of capital that was coming in to the LA startup scene. Um, we were very, I don't know, uh, we're pretty embedded in Silicon Valley, I would say. And so we were seeing money get thrown around left and right. And it just wasn't the case here it, it seemed at yeah. the time especially i know it's changed a little bit more not recently, much more. It, well <laughs> yeah i mean now now we're more on the agency side but yeah i i, I imagine it's still underrated i'll say that mm -hmm. and are you both from la no 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 we actually grew up in el paso texas together how'd you both end up in la i'll tell you my story so <laughs> charlie and i grew up together in, in, in el paso i ended up going into advertising as a career. So I went to college in, in uh, near Dallas, Texas, and then just did advertising, went all over the place though. I was in Chicago, Austin, New York. And I got to the point where I was like, I really want to come out to LA because I was really knee deep in, in automotive. So right. I was doing a lot of automotive advertising and LA has a ton of that. So I was like, oh, I'll just come out here so I don't have to move for every job, you know? And so I came out here and I was creative director on Mitsubishi Motors for probably about two years. Ironically, I was getting kind of burned out of cars. Yeah. So it kind of kind of was a, a, an odd sort of situation. But Charlie was running. He had just started Sightbox. And so just as it happened, we were sort of and, just wait, chatting. And Charlie, up. did you start it in L.A. or that was still in Texas? Oh, uh, no, we started it. I, so I started the company up north in uh, okay. Sacramento cool. area. Yeah. OK, cool. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, I had a chance to move out here. So I, I moved. And then Charlie and I, we, we started working remotely at Sitebox for years, right? When, mm -hmm. I mean, I would, I would kind of go up every two months or so or every other, yeah, like every other month or he would come down here. And so, and then eventually, when was it? When did you move? Down? Well, it was shortly after launching the startup and yeah. getting into Accelerator that yeah. I realized I needed to be down here as well. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, made the move. So we've been doing, yeah. Um, but yeah, like just go, going back to kind of like how it all happened. It just, it's kind of weird. Like he went into advertising. I went to tech, you know, I, I spent 10 years in Silicon Valley working at tech companies. The fact that we just, we ended up here is just crazy. Yeah, Cause we were crazy. just a couple of kids, band kids, you know, and, and, in middle school, you know, and, and El Paso, Texas. And now here we are. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And Charlie, can you talk a little bit more about your experience in the tech, uh, in the tech space, um, up North? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, my initial job, believe it or not, was as an intern, uh, in college at Cisco, which at the time they were Cisco systems. It's before everyone started dropping, you know, the, the second part of their name, um, 1999. So we're talking the dot com, you know, boom startups are 
they didn't really call them startups back then. These dot coms were being, you know, just popping up left and right. I, I mean, I was in it, San Jose, Mountain View. Palo Alto wasn't even a thing, you know, it was just like Mountain View, San Jose, Sunnyvale, like that whole thing. I quickly developed my sort of front end skills. I'm a UI designer, uh, front end guy. So it was like right out of college, they're like, we don't even care that you haven't graduated. We need to hire you full time. It was that crazy. And I was getting job offers left and right. So I ended up doing that. And then um, before I knew it, I was, you know, I was there almost 10 years, you know, at that same job and just saw the valley literally in that short amount of time just completely explode. And then eventually I ended up at Intel, which took me, you know, took me to Sacramento. But that was kind of the evolution for me. And then once that happened, it was, you know, the iPhone came out, then it was apps, and then everyone everyone wanted to build an app. We were just kept evolving, you know. So one of the things that are really important for a tech company succeeding, which is not fascinating, but it's just something that always gets missed, is you need to have a healthy balance between marketing and development. And typically when a builder doesn't know how to market and then they go out and they spend, they like, they don't even go out. They stay inside for like two years, five years. And then they come out and they're like, I am here. I built the thing. And then no one wants it. And then they feel like just really deflated. So I think it's really powerful that both um, you, Charlie and Nathan have like united together because having an advertising background and having like being so immersed in the tech space specifically. And Nathan, if I'm hearing you correctly, you've had a mixture of advertising and being immersed in the tech space, like, and then coming together as an agency to help tech companies really understand not just how to build, but how to get the word out there about their brand is really powerful. What makes your agency unique in that way? Like there's so many agencies. Why Sitebox? I could answer some of it with a short story, if I may. Yeah, um, sure. So when, back to the startup we launched, it was 2016, I think 2017, we went to South by Southwest to promote it, launch it, whatever you want to call it. You know, they say that's the place you you, you go launch your was platform, place, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. So we did that. But obviously, we we obviously, I mean, we worked on the product. We We did that, but we didn't obsess over the technology and the platform so much as the branding, the look of it. The, the messaging, right? We, we, we wanted to look the part. We wanted to look like a billion bucks, you know? So we went and within the second day, we got an, an email from somebody that said, hey, are you, are you guys here? And we, we assumed here meant South by Southwest. Yeah. We said, yes. Um, and he said, can you meet? I want to talk to you guys. And it, it was an investor. Yeah. And we were like, man, that was easy. Like we didn't really do anything. We just showed up. <laughs> Investor wants to talk to us. So I said, uh, sure. When when do you want to meet? They said, well, I'll, I'll text you. Give me your number. Okay, no big deal. So we look up the guy's email address yeah. or his website. I said, yeah. let's look this guy up. I don't know, you know who this guy is. Yeah. And I won't say his name, but it was yeah. at a16z.com. Yeah. We're, we were new. Like we, we had no idea what that meant. Yeah. What, you know, which VCs were big or prominent, yeah. nothing. We just and like some listeners may not know either, but I yeah. understand where you're going. With yeah, yeah. So we, yeah. we typed it in a16z.com and lo and behold, it's Andries and Horowitz. You can Google it if you don't know what we're talking about. It's probably the most prominent VC in the Valley. I think they've pretty much invested or own pretty much 
piece of everything. A piece yeah. of everything, right? <laughs> Anything you know or use, yeah. right? So we were like, whoa, look at this portfolio. It's it's pretty legit. <laughs> so this guy texts and he says, uh, lobby bar at the Hilton, whatever. Can you come be there in 10 minutes? And we booked it because you know it was we were just walking around downtown. Right. So we book it down there in our swag, you know, and yeah, we've got the app on our phone and whatever. And we show up and he's there and he's he's just like praising us. And he literally installs our app That's on his so phone. So cool. Yeah, no, he installs the app on his phone and he onboards. Yeah, he's like, let me set it up. Let me set it up. He onboards and then he looks at it and he's like, this is a billion dollar idea. Stop. I swear, I'm not even no, joking. It's, yeah. No, I believe so he, you. I'm just like, wow. No, yeah. yeah. And this guy is like VC, you know, Andres and Horowitz. And he's looking and he's, this is a billion dollar yeah. idea. And right there in that moment, I'm looking at Nate like, Dude, that was layup, <laughs> layup, right? Right. We right. we made it. Like yeah. he was talking about, he was going to introduce us to Ryan Hoover at the Product Hunt, Product Hunt yeah. and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, cool. And then, then we got to the real stuff. It's like Shark Tank. Yeah. It's like we have a deal, and then you go back, you know, and look at actually what's yeah. there, and then some of those deals don't go through, right? Yeah. Well, so people that don't know that, by the way, on Shark Tank, everybody that quote unquote gets a deal doesn't actually get the deal if Correct. they don't match up with whatever the investors need post um, air date. So sure. that's that's what. Um, yeah, I think it's like 25 percent. Yeah, it's pretty low. That kind of happened to us, <laughs> but it happened on the spot. Fortunately, we didn't get a runaround. It was literally it, it, it took a turn real quick when he started digging deeper about us. Yeah where we were and we're like, yeah. when, when'd you launch? We're like yesterday. <laughs> wait, wait, what, what do you mean? Like you haven't, you know, you're not further along. Like, like we gave him the impression that we were way further along. Yeah, Cause you had the we swag. Had. Well, not, it wasn't even so much the swag. It was the branding, the messaging. Yeah. The, we looked the, like we were further along. We looked way yeah. further along. Yeah. The, the marketing website was on point. Um, we yeah. had videos, we did yeah. a wrap, you know, we had a wrap done. Like a like, car wrap. No. no, like, no, like, like a hip hop song. Oh, hip -hop like a hip hop song. rap. Yes. That's yeah. Nice. Yes. Like it was playing in the clubs in South by Southwest. Yeah. Stop. Like, I'm not even joking. That's yeah. amazing. So <laughs> that's just a testament to looking the part. Obviously, mm -hmm. that's where we come in. Yeah. And when you're talking about the, the guy who's in the garage or whatever, like for yeah. two years straight building this product, obsessing over it, that's fine. But we need to come in before you're like ready to just like, oh, you know, I build it and they'll come, you know? Yeah. So it ha it happens. We see it every day in, in what yeah. we do. Yeah. I love that story. It's incredibly inspiring. First of all, who do you work with? Like, who are your target customers? And then and then what what is it like to work with you? What's the process? So our target is really startups that are sort of recently uh, funded, right? So, oh, and uh, for everybody go to what's the URL sitebox.com. No, not is it we are sitebox.com. Yeah, sitebox.com. So mm -hmm. S I G H T B O X.com yes. to cyberstalk them while we're talking. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> and you may you may see a, a familiar face there if you're a fan of uh, Silicon Valley, the series. Oh, cool. On our website, just pointing awesome. it out there. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So our ideal clients are, are startups that are recently funded. Our sort of our sweet spot is really these companies that are sort of have just gotten like a Series A or a substantial seed round. And and the reason being, 
they're sort of like Charlie said, like coming out of that garage phase mm -hmm. where they've really, you know, up to that point, they've, they've bootstrapped something. And, and most of the time too, nine, nine out of 10 times, we're really talking about like technical founders, right? So these are people who um, are most of the time software developers or have, you know, have some ability in that, in that space. They found a, a an opportunity, they've built a product, they've built the beta um, and they've, they've got, they've got it to the point where it's, it's fundable. They've gotten it funded and now they're ready to kick it out and grow that company. So at that point there, you know, they, that venture capital is, is there to sort of assist in that. And luckily I'd say luckily, but the, a lot of the startups understand that and founders understand that it's probably not a great idea to go and hire a full marketing team internally. And not that it's, there's anything necessarily wrong with that approach, but it can take time. It can take time to get the right people in place. And a lot of times that's the one thing that startups don't have. Our sweet spot is really finding these startups that are really ready to grow, turn into a brand mm -hmm. like Charlie's talking about, and really face the market and, and do what they can, they've come to do. And, and so that's our, our sort of sweet spot. So industry-wise, we work with a lot of, of SaaS uh, startups. That's a, that's a big one for us. But we've done everything from you know, uh, you know, e-commerce to digital license plates. So you know, it's, it's pretty much anything that has tech involved. We mm -hmm. love it. We just love it. Kind of nerds about it that way. Yeah. And share some of the results that you've created for your clients. It's funny because for a lot of agencies, you know, we, Charlie and I talk about this from time to time for a lot of agencies, you know, you'll, the, the thing they'll show a lot of is like a bunch of trophies on the wall, you know, or something like that, you know, a bunch of awards, our biggest award that we feel like the most proud of is really watching these startups succeed. Just in this last year, we've had what, how many, two, at least two startups get acquired. Wow. Um, we probably had three raise new rounds of what? 20 million over each. So way better than an award on a wall. That's kind of what, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah that we, we definitely take it yeah. that way. Right. That's really what our metric for success is watching our, the startups that we work with, you know, succeed. And, and one of our startups uh, that just got acquired during the security space, the video that the CEO of the larger company, like they filmed a video with the two CEOs talking about the acquisition. Right. He literally mentioned brand equity of the startup. And we, that was part of what we did. We had was, just done a rebrand for them. Yeah. That's so so cool. probably six months prior. Right. And there's sort of a line item. It, you know, some people, you know, it's getting really technical, but there's sort of a value to having a brand, mm -hmm. especially if you're looking at being acquired. There is sort of an, you know, outside of just marketing ROI, there's sort of some other intangibles that that do play a role in in what we do. And and so that's sort of when we look at results, like that's really what we like to see is is these companies doing extremely well and and growing as fast as they can. So a hundred percent. What's a LA tech company or talent that you've come across lately who's really impressed you? Yeah. So what comes to mind for me is a really cool startup. And I hate that I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> so back to the pre-celerator we were talking about earlier. Um, I believe they just had their first demo day since COVID. And it wow. was virtual, which kind of sucked, but nevertheless, they had quite a few startups pitch and we, we attended it virtually. And if you use DoorDash, there's a lot more liquor and alcohol showing up. I don't know if you're, if you noticed that, um, I have not. <laughs> so you can literally order, you know, from whatever restaurant and it tells you, you know, you, you have 15 minutes to add more stuff. And this guy will literally go off course, like on the way 
pick up beer and bring it to you as well. So the, this startup was basically the platform that connected the mom and pop liquor store. Oh, nice. With the platform that connects you to DoorDash or Grubhub or Uber Eats. So quickly, you know, allowing them to compete with, you know, the BevMo's and right. um, the 7-Elevens or whoever else is doing the liquor runs on those platforms. And it's a local company. Ah, oh, Bev's, B-E-V-Z. Great name. <laughs> so yeah, these are the, the guys with the platform connecting mom and pop uh, liquor stores into the uh, DoorDashes and Grubhubs out there. So what Nevoice is, is they actually have a, uh, it's like a, a, a sensor that goes around your knee and it listens for the sound of your cartilage in your knee. And so what they found is that they can actually sense the health of your cartilage by the the sound it makes. And again, this is sound that, you know, we can't perceive, but it can. And so for people that are having knee issues or potential knee issues, they simply wear this device and it collects this data and is able to send it to your doctor and they can monitor the health of your, your cartilage in your knee and see if, you know, whether or not you need a knee replacement, something like that. So there's a, it, and it's non-invasive. It just goes on the outside. And so this is, and it's something that, Doctors, I mean, you would have to sort of, there are tests that happen that you can do in a, in an office setting that sort of do similar things, but this is something you can wear and collect way more data on. So it's a, it's a very interesting uh, medical device. In fact, I think they, they may have actually gotten into another accelerator at one point too. I think there's the, the Cedar cyanide has a medical accelerator as well that they were, they were getting into. So, so why LA? You've been in Texas, you've been up north in San Francisco, you've been all around. Why is LA the best place for a tech company to come and grow their startup right now? I would say this. I think LA has the cultural capital that just can't be beat. And you talk about, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned the dot-com era, you know, San Francisco, the Bay, it's really technically very advanced they're smart enough to think through the, you know, some of the, the technical hurdles, but I think markets are made here in LA where, mm -hmm. where this is really where that technology sort of comes to its rightful place, if you will. And, and, you know, obviously the media, ha you know, media has a lot to do with that. Um, but this town is just so talented. There's just so much talent. Yep. And so, and I think too, you know, in contrast to, to, you know, San Francisco and, and, uh, Silicon Valley, it's it is a little more affordable. <laughs> I know some people, you know, consider it much more affordable, but but I think what what it's allowing people to do is is sort of be risky again. I think a lot of the times, and this is we found this too, even with a lot of the people we were talking to, is the maturity of of startups is sometimes really scrutinized now. So you know, to get funding, a lot of times you need even more traction. You need more of this, more of that. LA feels more like everyone's sort of like really excited to have an LA startup. They're like, yes. And, yeah. and the, the, the venture scene down here is saying like, look, you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to have everything figured out. We're going to, we're going to take take a chance on you guys. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a healthier community. We're not cutthroat. No one in LA is like competing against anyone in LA. And so I, I like that. I think it's a, it's a much more a healthier environment for startups. What do you think, Charlie? Beaches and Disneyland. 
a good answer. <laughs> People do move here for the beach. You know what's crazy is you live by the beach and then you never go to the beach because you're just holed yeah. up in your computer. It's just knowing that it's right there, though. Yeah, it's true. And it's honestly, it's it's 90 degrees today. It's November 11th. It's true. No, so, I don't know that. where we're going, else. We're going to the beach this weekend. There you go. So, I don't know where else you can have that kind of yeah, lifestyle. I know. True it's that. great. It's it's good therapy. And this is this is the thing about LA. LA people, we we work hard, we but we play hard. And yeah, I think that's yeah. This, you know, if you if you're somewhere else, yeah, you're gonna play hard, you're gonna work hard, but are you really gonna get that out? You know, it's yeah. Here it's here it's it's well balanced that way. Totally. What resources are in LA? You mentioned Cedar Sinai has an accelerator potentially for med tech. What other things come to mind of great resources in LA to help startups accelerate forward? I think some of the big stuff, there's dot LA, which is mm -hmm. uh they had a conference last week or the week before. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's exciting to have that kind of resource here. Um, definitely kind of helps people. Dot LA is a media publication of everything going on in LA. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And they're relatively new and and but they've really, I think they they're doing it the right way. I'm really sort of impressed with their coverage. So uh, they're a great great resource here in town. I think there's also a lot of events, and I think what's what's cool about well, I, I think about LA is there's there's a lot of this co working spaces that that are here, and that's actually created its own ecosystem. So mm -hmm. a lot of these, uh, you know, the WeWorks and the cross campus, cross campus yeah. um, they they host their own like meet and greets and stuff like that. In fact. Uh, Charlie and I, we actually just got a membership. This was back in right before, right before COVID. COVID. Uh, we got a membership to cross campus because we're like, and we didn't need it, but we said, you know what? We want to be a part of that, that community and, you know, attend some events and, and really be connected because, you know, that's where a lot of this, you know, action is happening. So I, I think that's a great resource as well. Yeah. It's a great hack. I mean, for what was it? A hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. You could hot desk it. There's two of us, so maybe a little bit more. But basically, you get a fob. There's no desk. You just come in whenever you want. But you pop in, and you see pretty much 90% of the people there are startup founders doing something. Yeah. Uh, and it's only a matter of time you know, before you start talking to folks, connecting with folks. And they do have a calendar, I believe, like you said, of events, of events. that are going on. Yeah. And you get connected to their Slack and their email list. And so you quickly, quickly can create a community around yourself. Even if you are that sort sort of solopreneur, startup founder, um, that's a really easy way to sort of get yourself out of the house and meet some folks, right? That's in a less intimidating way because uh, you kind of are all in it together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's, a, it's just an energizing environment. In fact, again, we, this is right before COVID. We ended up coming up with this uh, product idea while we were there. Yeah, another distraction. Been, but yeah, yeah, but we, and we've been working on it, so it's sort of like it—it's it, contagious, you know. Yeah, just being yeah, there—that's exactly perfect word. And I like to ask a few LA-specific questions in regards to if somebody's just landing in Los Angeles, like they haven't lived here before. So, first LA-specific question is: if they've just touched base at LAX, how do they quickly immerse into the community? Well, it's hard to answer that sort of in the environment we're in with this yeah, virus. Pandemic, yeah. But if this was pre-COVID, I would say this. You can get on the um, Eventbrite or Meetup app immediately. And within a day or two, if not even that night, you could be at an event in LA, somewhere in LA. Well, I'll even say this. Funny you bring it up because we, we always kind of almost forget about this. We started our own Meetup called GoFounders. Oh, you're right. Yeah. 
Um, this was back shortly after the accelerator. I'll be honest, we kind of grew sick of some of the events that were around because they're sort of this, it was the same thing, you know? It was like, okay, we'll get a speaker up here and everyone shows up to listen to somebody talk and then everybody goes home. Right. Truth is, because if I'm being honest, a lot of founders, and I'm talking a lot of technical founders, it, it's hard to be social, right? Because it 100%. ends up just sort of being, I hate to say it, you got a bunch of nerds in a, in a room and it's hard to sort of make that work without, yeah. you know, having everybody just take copious amounts of alcohol. Yeah. So you, you end up in a situation where you're like, you're going there and you're like, you're just looking around going, who is that? Who's that? You know, but you spend the whole hour listening to somebody else talk about their career. And so our idea was we're going to basically have that event minus the speaker. So it's just going to be people just sitting around talking. That's it. So it's just like a social happy hour, but, but really focused on founders knowing founders. And so that was the idea. And uh, we probably did close to like 10 events. And again, COVID kind of threw a wrench in it. We tried to do it virtually for a few sessions and it just it wasn't, work. it wasn't working. No, it was, it was sort of same. awkward, but it was a fantastic thing. And we, we really liked it. In fact, we have, we have a, a, on meetup, if you go look it up, there's a, there's a GoFounders Los Angeles and a GoFounders Orange County. And both over have, have over hundred. I'm going to join both. I want to do it. Yeah. When it's a lot get- of fun. When will you get back to producing in-person events, What meetups? What do you think? I think it's going to be pretty soon. Yeah, so I think next year. We maybe. actually, yeah. In fact, I'd say next year. So we just moved into this space right here, almost 2,000 square feet. I and wanted to it, ask what your space is. It's so beautiful with a brick background. It's really cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. Pretty awesome. We're in downtown Fullerton. And this building, I don't, there's got to be more history to it. We don't know too much about it, but it's easily over 100 years old. We're right above the Matador. <laughs> Which is a cantina, matted our cantina downstairs. <laughs> it's a lively area, but it's great. And we've just kind of, you know, refurbished this whole space and it's great. And we have, you're sitting right here. This is sort of our, our new studio area. So we're going to be using it for all sorts of, you know, in-house production work and stuff like that. Yeah. Probably some pitch nights, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we kind of have it set up. We have some monitors around here. So we're, we're looking to do some, you know, some demo days of our own. A hike or activity that you recommend? Geez, right here in Fullerton, about a mile from our space is, uh, I think a, it's called Hill, Hillcrest Park. And there's this massive steep steps. In fact, there's a sign at the bottom of the stairs kind of warning people <laughs> uh, because people, you look at it and you're like, I could do it. And people start to jog it up instead of walk it. Yeah. And you'll, and you'll like, I mean, you'll pass out at the top. <laughs> Yeah, and it says don't go up or down. You have once you go up, you kind of have to commit. And I think there's three, like three courses. Yeah, um, it's pretty pretty rad. And um, I think you burn if you do all three properly. I think it says on the sign too that you'll burn like either 500 or a thousand calories. Someone's um, insane amount. Yeah, I think for me, um, so I've got three young kids, and I lived down in Redondo Beach. So one of our favorite places to go is this place called Wilderness Park. It's just a small little nature preserve in Torrance. And it's just so much fun. They have a little, you know, fish pond and streams and places to explore. So we'll spend weekends hanging out there. It's a lot of fun. What's one restaurant each one of you recommend? I'll give you two if that's okay. Um, In in LA. And uh, I know this restaurant because the Aria in Vegas has the same one. It's Javier's. And it's over at the Century... What is that mall? That Century outdoor City mall. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Javier's is there. 
they have literally the best Mexican food. It's a little pricey upscale, but that's a that's a go-to. And then out here, and there may be one in LA too, the Cucina. Uh, it's Italian. Yeah, that's a must. Really good food. Yeah. I say for me, it's <laughs> there's this little spot. I'm, I think they have a couple locations, but it's called Ensenadas. And it's a fish taco place Ooh, with Baja, yeah. Baja fish tacos. I swear it's laced. They have probably the best ceviche. I've, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so fresh. And you'll probably cause a car accident trying to find a parking space there because it's just so jam-packed. And, and so, I'll take that place over the two I just mentioned. Really? Oh, yeah. Because I when we remember I'd fly in mm-hmm. and I'd be here for a couple of days and we always, we had to go. Yeah, we had to go. Yeah. yeah. But ceviche is pretty... It's pretty on point. So anyway, yeah. I want to (laughs) go. That sounds amazing. So we're talking about Fullerton and a couple times you've mentioned, oh, but it's not in LA. And Fullerton is like, the thing about LA is LA is huge and abstract. It's like Mm kind of reaches out past where it like technically reaches out. And Fullerton culturally is a part of LA. Can you describe to anybody that's maybe not from LA, like where is Fullerton in relation to like the center of LA? Yeah. Yeah. I think you put it pretty on the nose there because living in Orange County, there's certain parts of Orange County you go to and people are like, this is not LA. This is Orange County, you know, Newport and Irvine and things like that. And Fullerton is not that at all. Uh, In fact, it, it feels pretty LA even here in this downtown yeah. area we're at, uh, just in terms of the, you know, the entrepreneurs that are here with the businesses and, and the young people that are, you know, uh, walking up and down these streets. What I would say is I think with technology, it's allowed us to feel more connected and, and not disconnected. There's a sense of community here, but you know, just like, even though I keep correcting, you know, for the record that, you know, but, but it's not LA. Um, I've never felt like I'm not part of that you know, that scene being here. In fact, I felt the opposite. Yeah, because on on the We Are Late Tech podcast, we only have people in LA. So I was like, no, everybody that's not from here, no, I swear, like Fullerton is part of LA. <laughs> like <laughs> they're not in another country or another state or something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> How far is Fullerton from like, let's say downtown LA? Oh, Would you from say- here probably, yeah. well, it depends when, but yeah, probably when. 40, 40 minutes or so. Yeah. Which is, I'll probably get to downtown LA faster than you can probably get to downtown Santa Monica or something like that. You know, (laughs) driving 20 to 30 miles is probably the same than driving three to five miles in certain areas. So So it's all relative, but yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, like I said, we had, we had an office in Redondo and we were actually looking at relocating it only because it was, it was just a little far South. So our goal, of course, would be to have something in Playa Vista. Yeah, Marina Del Rey, yeah. But at the same time, you know, what's funny is, you know, now that, and this is kind of the thing, like we were doing virtual work before it was cool. And I say that because we would a lot of the time sort of hide that fact or or Mm -hmm. sort of be really kind of shy about saying, well, yeah, we're not in the same space or, uh, you know, we haven't met some of our clients face to face. That's the truth. And for a long time, that was sort of, we, you wouldn't want to say that out loud. COVID sort of changed all that, right? And so now it's sort of like, well, yeah, it makes, it makes a lot more sense to, to run business that way until it doesn't, right? So um, I think for us, we, we actually have sort of 
grown a bit. And and what's interesting is even even moving into this space, we're making decisions not on necessarily the location so much as is what what does the space provide us? What kind of opportunities can we do here that we can't do in other places? And so for us, like you know, like we're saying, production, having events, um, we have room for our a growing team. Uh, and so for us, that's sort of what drove us versus you know zip codes per se this time, even though I think ideally, you know, there is a little bit of that we will probably get into, but for us, we we're kind of looking for uh, a good investment, you know? Right. So that's kind of what drove us here. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question is best advice that you've gotten to, uh, to accelerate in your business. Don't raise money, raise people. And really what we've discovered in the 10 years of just having this agency is that great people are hard to come by great loyal people. So you find the ones that are good and great and raise them up. That's the best way you can lead someone is by serving them. So for me, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I've gotten, something my dad says, so my dad, my parents were both teachers and their whole thing was always, you know, find something you love and, and sort of, you know, everything else will sort of take care of itself. Like the money will follow, you know, that's sort of his advice. That's been really important. And I think really sort of what drove me to, you know, work at, you know, join Charlie at Sitebox and, and to even do the step we've, we we're doing now with startups. And it has made all the difference, right. To really find what you love, not necessarily what you like, but really what you can, you know, really love doing. And if you can find that sort of, you know, everything else sort of takes care of itself. My last question, selfish question because I love software. So it doesn't have to be just LA. What is your favorite mobile app or website? I know I should just look at my home screen, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go, go for it. Yeah, go for it. TikTok. Oh. Oh no. How much yes. time goes to that? <laughs> it's addictive. Straight up addictive. I don't wow. care what data they're collecting, I'll give it to them. Wow. <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. And for me, I wish I could give you this cool new, you know, <laughs> up and coming, you know, app or whatever. It's going to change your life. But mine's actually Google Home. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say Google something. Google Home has changed my life in the last two years. Like I've made everything around me smart, literally everything. My home, my office, everything, my, my Christmas tree. Like, you know, we, we started setting it up last night and... I was like, it's not done. I got to set up my, my Wi-Fi. I got to voice command these lights to go on. Otherwise, it doesn't count, you know? Um, and we have this whole space set up the same way. The lights, voice, the, uh, the thermostats are voice. My, our iRobot vacuum thing is voice. Yeah. The TVs are voice. Um, yeah, I'm obsessed with voice. So. That's incredible. <laughs> How can people connect with you? Uh, you could find us on our website, wearesitebox.com. You could Google Sitebox as well. I think we kind of own page one now, uh, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> we awesome. are on Instagram. We, we were sharing it with a uh, contact lens delivery company for a while. Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. They got acquired. Uh, they did. <laughs> um, you can find us on YouTube. We just started a series called The Startup Countdown. We're on, I nice. think, four episodes in where we highlight... Um, recently funded startups and different, you know, nice. spaces. I'm going to subscribe. I'm excited. Yeah. Check You'll us out. recognize the, the backdrop. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. awesome. And yeah, Twitter, oh. Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere. 
And Nathan, how can people connect with you? And Charlie, is that the best way to connect with you personally as well? Personally, like, on I'm LinkedIn? on Twitter. Okay. Uh, Charlie Inojosa, a little hard to pronounce. Uh, can you spell box. it? Yeah. Charlie Inojosa, H-I-N-O-J-O-S-A. I'm also on Instagram, LinkedIn. Probably LinkedIn. TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you what my handle is. <laughs> Reddit. That's TMI. And Reddit? not Reddit either. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and can you spell your out. name for everyone? Uh, Nathan. Nathan Thompson. N-A-T-H-A-N-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. There's a lot of us. So look for the one that's sort of down in Los Angeles somewhere. Perfect. And we'll include it in the show notes as well. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in LA Tech. Remember to go to our community at wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I'll see you guys. Talk to you guys here. You guys in the next episode. Bye. See you later. Peace out. Bye. Hey, this is Charlie Inojosa coming to you from Sitebox here in Fullerton. We're here to make startups look like a billion bucks. You're listening to We Are LA Tech. Hey, it's Nathan Thompson from Sitebox, Chief Creative Officer, and we help make startups look like a billion bucks. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.